Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain of Anguess. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 93. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Siobhan Keogh. Welcome along, Siobhan. Good to, uh, good to have you back on the NZ Tech Podcast. Yes, it has been a while. Now, last time was in, uh, was in Las Vegas, wasn't it? Yes, in January this year at CES, yeah. So, uh, now you're, you're based at PC World. Tell, uh, tell those who, uh, who don't know, uh, well, you probably have to tell everyone actually, people don't get a <laughs> choice, um, t- t- tell us what you do at PC World. Um, so I am the staff writer, which um, sounds quite boring, but I think I actually have the coolest job because I get to do all the fun stuff without um, shouldering all the responsibility. So I get uh, the smartphones and the tablets and the games. The games are kind of my um, primary thing. Um, I, I mean, there have been times when I've signed games editor instead of staff writer on things just because it's easier um, to explain to people what I do. So that's pretty much it. Excellent. Oh, that's good. Well, um, we appreciate all the uh, knowledge and experience that um, will help you tell us all sorts of interesting um, opinions this evening. <laughs> uh, now, let, let's, uh, let's jump in. We're, we're really, I guess, getting into something of a, I don't know, vortex of technology stories at the moment. It's like the For industry's sure. just going absolutely mad. Uh, we're racing at a rapid pace towards Christmas, and there'll be all sorts of sales and new products coming on with that. Uh, so it really is a good, a good fun time for, uh, for everyone with an interest in, uh, in technology, isn't it? It is. It's a bit annoying for our deadlines just because uh, we're on deadline now and uh, all the good stuff is coming out at the end of this month. Um, so everything's launching immediately after, uh, sorry, immediately before our magazine actually goes on shelves, which means nothing that we're, none of that stuff uh, we're able to get in the magazine. So it's a bit of a, bit of a pain, but I do love this time of year because we get all this cool stuff all at once. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've got, yeah, you've got plenty of good indication of what's coming and, and new products coming through. So I'm sure there'll be plenty in the current issue, but uh, also worth keeping a watch on the PC World website, right, for, uh, for yeah. all the stories in between. For sure. I mean, we um, try to keep things up to date on a daily basis. Uh, we're going to be covering all that stuff uh, that you're looking forward to, like, like Windows 8, obviously. Um, we've been covering that so extensively that... Um, yeah, I don't think there's any other publication in New Zealand that's doing anywhere near as much work on Windows 8. Uh, and then we've got um, the rumours of the iPad Mini coming up. So we've definitely got um, a bunch of stuff going online very shortly. Yeah, oh, that's good. Well, let's dive in because some of those topics are, are quite uh, relevant for uh, for this week's news on the NZ Tech Podcast. So uh, first up, last Friday we had the announcement that uh, Microsoft have finished off all of their new business products uh, Microsoft Office which they're calling Office 2013 in some forms or uh, the new Office if you're uh, subscribed through uh, the online subscriptions like Office 365 uh, and there's you know associated products Exchange and SharePoint uh, those are really going to be of interest mostly to businesses aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, to be honest, I've only had a really brief look at the new office stuff, and it was uh, mostly Word and Excel. But I definitely think that um, it's kind of an 
uh, a good thing for businesses, uh, and it's a good thing for people who are going to be running Windows 8, but uh, maybe not so much for people on older operating systems. Well, it's interesting, actually, from the consumer side, that, that they're changing from this go out and buy a, a box with a you know, Microsoft Office uh, DVD in it uh, to a model where you can just pay a uh, monthly subscription, right? That's, that's quite a big change. Yeah, it is. Um, I think it's just a reflection of how everything is moving into the cloud uh, and, and people uh, are really asking for that. I mean, pretty much since Google Docs' um, inception, people have been uh, you know, using it. I would say a lot of people use it as their primary word processor now. So I guess it's just Microsoft's reaction uh, to everything moving into the cloud. They're going, okay, we're a little bit late on this, but here you go, we've got this. Um, it's going to be a more well-developed product than the offerings you have now. I mean, I, I don't know that. I haven't tested I haven't tested it, but I know that that's what they're going for mm. um, with more functionality. So... Yeah, they're just moving their office suite to the, their full-on office suite to the cloud. I think. Well, you're using it now, aren't you? With the uh, with the agenda, you're looking at the new uh, at the new office on your uh, on the Android tablet. Yes, I am currently. <laughs> that, uh, I think that's a little bit criminal that I'm looking at it on an Android tablet. But um, yes, I'm currently using SkyDrive uh, on this tablet, looking at our agenda. Uh, but in the office now, you guys, um, I mean, Fairfax across the board, we were talking to uh, to Chris from uh, Waikato Times last week and uh, they've just gone through that transition and obviously that, that impacts PC world as well, right? You've all uh, moved across to... Um, uh, to the Google Google apps, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we used to be on Outlook. Um, we haven't actually moved in terms of uh, off the Office suite. We are still on the Office suite for now. Um, I don't use it a whole lot because we have a CMS, uh, sorry, a content management system that we uh, basically put all of our content directly into, and then that manages both the online side of things and the print side of things. Right. And so it's a separate program. Yeah, so you've got one system that you, you feed into. Yeah, so we just write straight into that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking before that uh, on your old sort of setup, you didn't have, uh, you couldn't access your email from <laughs> outside of the office. So the move to a cloud-based email system yeah, obviously brings with it quite a few benefits that you can actually, you know, access things from anywhere and not have to have people send to your personal email address yeah. and the like. It would get quite embarrassing at times just because um, we're PC world, people expect us to be on the forefront of technology um, at all times. And uh, we are in our sort of day-to-day -day lives. Yeah, but um, lab and test the, environments yeah, and things exactly. like that. Yep. But in the office, um, in terms of our work computers that we use on a daily basis that sit on our desks, um, we are basically restricted to whatever the rest of the Fairfax network is using, which can be uh, a little bit restrictive at times, but um, we're slowly catching up. It's just taking some time. I guess that's... Uh, that's fairly common within you know large and multinational businesses to have things uh, quite locked down and there'd be a lot of limitations yeah uh, and I think it's I, I it can be annoying but I think that uh, it's probably for a really large corporation like Fairfax it's probably the right way to approach things good now uh, 
something that we wanted to uh, mention. Oh, just coming back to the uh, the new version of Office, uh, SharePoint Exchange, all of those bits and pieces. Um, they're going to be available fairly quickly. We hear businesses will get access to uh, the new Office uh, 2013 very, very quickly, I think by uh, mid-November. Uh, so businesses will be able to roll, roll that out uh, quite smartly and then it'll be available um, over the over the coming sort of you know month or two following that uh, for consumers and the like. I guess it takes them a while to still have a some sort of retail offering, right? They've still got a manufacturer of boxes and I don't know, put a do they still put a CD or a DVD or something in? I guess there's still a I there's still a version so. like that, right? You don't you're not forced to download it just yet, but I imagine things got to be swinging in that direction. In fact, you wonder why, you know, they couldn't have actually had all this stuff mostly pre-done. But I guess they have to wait for that bit of code to get finalised and put on a disc. Uh, but it, yeah, it still seems a bit slow in this world where everything happens so instantly. I guess you've just got to consider the fact that um, there are a lot of people, um, especially of the older generation, who don't even have internet access at home still. Like maybe they use it at work, but not at home. Um, so, you know, they need they need their boxed copy. I don't know how they get updates for it, but that's their issue, I guess. Excellent. Well, I know we, we definitely get communications from people around the country, and I'm sure you do at PC World as well. Uh, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, they're in remote locations, which is actually quite hard to get any sort of reasonable internet connection. Uh, so, there, you know, there still needs to be, uh, you know, solutions that, that, that work for that uh, audience, even if over time that audience is... Uh, is Shrinking, yeah, I think that could be a problem for New Zealand fairly, uh, fairly shortly because internet access is, uh, I mean, the penetration is huge in places like the US, and they're definitely moving towards a uh, download-only environment for a lot of different industries. But I don't think uh, New Zealand is ready for that. But it wouldn't surprise me if these corporations kind of went, okay, well, this is how we're going to do it now. And then people will be going, oh, but my data cap and, <laughs> you know, there's all of those issues. That well, come fortunately, with. our data caps are growing, aren't they? Yes. Uh, so we were chatting about that over the last couple of weeks. So we've got some unlimited uh, data plans now in New Zealand and Telecom having launched their uh, 500 gig data plan for, was it $119 and I think $99 for a phone line and a, a internet connection with a 200 gig data cap. So those things are are, are, uh, are falling reasonably quickly here, which yes. which which will help Thankfully. these sort of situations, right? Yeah. Uh, and in the scheme of things, I guess downloading a piece of software like like Office, uh, you know, isn't isn't actually you know too big when when we compare it to you know video downloads and other bits and pieces because it's not probably not that often in a month you need to do a big download like this. So yeah. For sure, uh, but more more of an issue in, in obviously rural locations and so on where they they don't um, you know have some of the benefits that we, that we have in the cities with the these huge uh, low cost um, well becoming low cost uh, data caps. Uh, now, other um, other news that uh, is hopefully of, of interest to a few of you is that we've uh, we put online our second um, video. So the second New Zealand Tech podcast video is now online. Uh, and that's available at nztechpodcast.com and under the Global Voice Media channel on YouTube if you want to look on YouTube directly. So um, that's an interesting one. We're going to talk about the products that were featured in that a little bit later on uh, in the podcast, but uh, just giving a little heads up 
uh, on those new videos that uh, that we've launched online and would certainly encourage everyone to uh, to have a little bit of a look. Now, Xbox. Xbox is big in the news uh, right now. Yeah, um, because Xbox is kind of expanding a lot. They've been talking for a few years about... Uh, how Xbox is becoming more of an entertainment system than a gaming system, uh, especially in the US, where you know you can actually get Netflix and stuff like that without uh, going through you know nefarious purposes. <laughs> yeah, there's a few challenging steps to to, yes. to get some of those video services up and running, but uh, yeah, Xbox, Xbox, whoops, Xbox, where did that come from? <laughs> anyway, uh, so today Xbox have announced the uh, global rollout of their new dashboard. Yeah. Uh, and and that really brings, I guess, even more of the sort of the Metro or the Windows 8 style user interface to Xbox and a bunch of other capabilities, right? Yeah. Uh, the Metro thing is interesting because uh, Xbox was actually kind of the first place you really got to see Metro aside from on Windows Phone um, when they did last year's update. Um, so that was quite cool because you could immediately see uh, how they were trying to make the style... Uh, ubiquitous but now yeah I definitely think that's coming into it more and uh, they're also introducing Xbox Music um, which we heard about today which is a both a streaming music service and a store and a subscription service subscription st- streaming service so they're kind of covering all bases um, or entertainment bases with the word Xbox now which is kind yeah, of Yeah it's interesting because they had the uh, the Zune Music Pass and the Zune Music service in the past which was predominantly US although in recent times they've rolled out some other countries UK Australia and so on uh, but it wasn't really available broadly on an international basis so you know I guess that that have been around for a number of years in the US market but Microsoft really, uh, I guess, had had a bit of a march stolen on them from the likes of Spotify, who rapidly rolled out in many countries around the world, including New Zealand. How do you think uh, Microsoft are going to do with this new Xbox music service that, you know, in many regards competes with what Spotify does, uh, but it's going to be, you know, right uh, front and centre of the Microsoft platform? So, you know, Xbox, as you mentioned, Windows 8, uh, and and of course the new Windows Phone 8 as well. Uh, so they've got some pretty strong channels to push it. How do you think that's uh, that's going to go? Because they're, you know, they've got to start from scratch really in in most markets like New Zealand, uh, whereas Spotify is already you know doing fairly strongly. Yeah, um, you're right. Spotify is doing strongly in New Zealand. Um, I've discovered over the last couple of months that uh, just about everybody on my Facebook is now using Spotify. I get all these notifications like this person is now using the service, uh, they're following your playlists or whatever. Uh, so They're very blatant, aren't they, Spotify, yeah. about spamming us about <laughs> every everybody else's interactions with Spotify. It does I just my don't head care in. that much. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you can obviously unsubscribe from that stuff, but it's not quite so obvious maybe. yeah like you still kind of get it on your feed and like in your sidebar on facebook so um it's almost become quite hard to ignore uh but yeah i think uh what xbox are doing is they're launching xbox music uh, a free streaming service for windows 8 and windows rt and as far as i know it's only windows 8 and windows rt so um, if you're on Mac or if you're on Linux or if you're on Windows 7 even, you're not going to have access to their free streaming service. And I think that's going to be their major problem because I think 
it's already become clear that they're going to have a little bit of trouble selling people on Windows 8, uh, especially consumers on Windows 8, unless they have tablets. Is that information confirmed? It seems a little, little, still a little a hazy little around that picture at the moment because there is you know, the Zoom uh, client software that's available on Windows 7 that has had you know these types of services under the Zoom brand available before. Uh, but, yeah, the impression is that certainly that free streaming isn't coming through that platform, right? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they did um, subscription services for those who are using older operating systems or alternative operating systems. Um, but, yeah, they definitely haven't said, yes, we will do our free streaming service on people uh, for people who have older Windows operating systems, which I think is a little um, unfair. Mm. My feeling is there's probably a little bit more information to come on that, but, I mean, we'll keep a watch on it and we have heard that uh, we expect to see uh, the Xbox music service available on other platforms as as well right so we'll probably see yes. that on iOS and for a, for Android cost, and so on um, in the future right but we, we haven't got any dates on that you haven't seen any uh, any no any that's all kind dates. of um, hush hush but they definitely yeah. uh, I, I mean when I was at E3 they talked about um, there was in June they talked about uh, making it making it possible to access their services from all kinds of devices not just their own devices so it definitely wouldn't surprise me if they did that but it also wouldn't surprise me if they put a cost on using it on other devices as opposed to using theirs yep so so we've got the free subscription then it's 12 uh 12 dollars uh, 99 13. us yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> yeah 13 dollars new zealand a month for the for the full-blown service which lets you download unlimited uh you know tracks uh, that that and are covered by your yeah you, use them offline uh, as well as being able to stream and Xbox has a thing which I think is is unique with Xbox Music is that uh, unlimited streaming of music videos as well I'm not sure of any of the other services doing that uh, which is is quite cool I don't know if you had to play around with that but no, I um, yet. yeah that's that's kind of uh, you know kind of neat if you enjoy watching uh, music uh, vids and so on you can just set that up on your Xbox and it'll just keep uh, you know, keep keep playing stuff with, um, yeah. And hopefully they have Gangnam Style. <laughs> They've got to. They've got to. Um, just to keep us all entertained. Uh, so, yeah, so there's a whole lot uh, really coming through there on the Xbox side. Um, with that dashboard update uh, also, they've, you know, they've, they've really Im- improved the sort of the user interface. It just tweaked it a little bit from what we had last year. Uh, but they've brought in uh, Internet Explorer as well. So we've got Internet Explorer 9 on the Xbox. And one thing that surprised me there, you know, I didn't really expect it to be very easy to browse the web with a, you know, a little Xbox controller. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually pretty good. And because it takes that sort of full screen approach that we see with Windows 8, uh, it looks really nice on the TV as well. So, uh, yeah, I'll be interested just to see whether there's much of an uptake because there hasn't really been a big uptake on people using browsers through uh, through consoles in the past, has there? Not really. Have you tried um, using your voice to control the uh, Internet Explorer yet? Is that a thing yet? Or uh, is there, there, there is a level of... Uh, of control, uh, you, I don't think you can. I'm just trying to remember that what I had a look at. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can. You know, you can't. You know, spell out a URL with it, etc. Right. But uh, there, I think there is a little bit of sort of access, maybe to favourites and 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 so on. So if you've got things sort of save favourites, maybe re, maybe uh, you know recent uh, you know history that sort of thing. So there is a level of voice control. 
I bet um, if you said Halo 4, it would just come up with the web page. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's certainly having those voice options around the Xbox is something that, you know, that does stand out because, it, you know, in the scheme of voice control, it's it's reasonably capable. But, yeah. uh, you know, you need the right environment, room, not too much background noise. You've and got to be close support. enough and all of those things. So it, it's improving. I think, you know, it's in that sort of Siri space at the moment that it's cool, uh, but it's not the, not the be-all and end-all, is it? No, not right now. No. Uh, now, uh, so that's Xbox. Next week, there's a bit of a product launch going on. Uh, Just a little one. And New Zealand uh, wins the prize for being first uh, first country in the world again. Do we, though? Because it, is it going to be a midnight launch or is it going to be a 9am retail launch? Because I'm not sure currently. We don't know much about um, the Windows 8 launch yet. It's gonna be, uh, there's going to be a press event in Auckland, 8.30am. Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, that. So there aren't. There probably aren't too many countries unless they were doing some unless they were doing earlier or midnight or something that can be a a whole jump on that, so maybe we get the first launch event yeah. um and yeah, in terms of actual being able to buy the product, I guess we'll wait and see, but it is kind of fun that we've got a launch event you know here in Auckland, and we know that there are uh, launch events on the 26th of, of October, you know, the major US uh, and and maybe European ones, but the, the big one in the US, which I think, is it New York or is it California? Um, uh, I believe it's New York. Yeah, I think so. So we're going to be, you know, almost a day ahead of, uh, ahead of New York with our launch, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think uh, we've actually had a history of that with Microsoft uh, launches, which is quite good because we've had, we had the Windows Phone, Seven launch. We were the first country in the world to sell a Windows Phone Seven phone, um, and I think um, it's becoming more and more common that they just want to release everything globally on the same day. Not just Microsoft, but in the technology space in general, um, everything on the same day. And we're just lucky enough that we live in a time zone that's ahead of the rest of them. And we're a country of the right whatever it is to sort of tick the boxes to be included because yeah. there are some countries that always get pushed back a bit to do with language and locality and other bits and pieces and, but and uh, just um disposable income and stuff like that as well sure uh so yeah so we'll we'll have a whole bunch of news about that we will be talking about uh it no doubt there'll be a bit more information next week it seems like uh th there are a lot of things surrounding windows 8 in terms of new hardware products uh, new services such such as the Xbox things that we've just you know heard about uh, or have just been confirmed uh, for launch today. Uh, so yeah, definitely keep a, keep a watch uh, online. There's going to be a lot of news floating around and and uh, listening into the podcast for some of that. And the video that we, that we'll talk about later as well has a lot of um, uh, you know interesting uh, things to be seen in regards to Windows 8. So uh, now in uh, in other news. Um, Mozilla have been getting some praise around uh, Firefox. Now, this was covered in PC World. What uh, yes. what what can you tell us about the Firefox browser and uh, um, why they're in the news this week? It, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting if you're really interested in uh, browser security. Um, basically, they pulled their uh, latest version of their browser, which is Firefox 16, before 
um, anything had gone wrong, which is very rare in the IT space, um, because there was a bug that could, where a malicious website could have exploited it to uh, download the entirety of someone's browser history, which could include uh, usernames and passwords and that kind of stuff as well. So obviously quite a dangerous bug. So they went and they looked at it and they uh, found that no one had used this exploit yet, but they pulled the browser anyway so they could get that fixed up. So I think that's why they were getting the praise, because they didn't wait for something bad to happen, which happens uh, all too often, as we know from news this week. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, on, and onto that one, um, onto that one now. Um, so what 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 is the big security uh, security news that's uh, relevant and um, probably everyone's heard about through um, uh, front pages of national newspapers or every newspaper and uh, on the news everywhere? Um, what have been your uh, what's how would you boil boil down what's uh, what this big security breach is that's happened in New Zealand this week? Uh, I guess the simplest way to put it is that. Um, there were kiosks in Wynn's offices, um, and Wynn's obviously has a lot of information on a lot of vulnerable people um, that had, uh, where the user could quite simply access uh, the corporate network for Wynn's. Um, and the corporate network for Wynn's has um, everything from, uh, you know, invoices for from pharmacies, so um, people who have been... To, prescribed antidepressants and stuff like that and their names are attached to these invoices and um, people who've been taken into SIFS care and where those kids are living and just really um, intimate details of people's lives that are easily accessible by anyone who knows how to use Microsoft Word. Yeah, it was pretty you know simple stuff from what we saw. So the, um, the blog post was on uh, public access... Public address. Sorry, public address. Um, The public address blog, Uh, and yeah, for for those who who haven't read through it, I mean, it's actually it's well worth having a look at. But when you look at how easy it was for them to go in and really access uh, really confidential information that should not have been publicly accessible, it uh, it's just really beyond belief how uh, how a network could be set up with you know so many uh, security issues just for somebody to either wander in off the street, use this public terminal and uh, start accessing and downloading um, as much confidential information as they've had time to uh, to download, right? Yeah, I think the worst part is uh, the ability for those people to take away that data because there are USB points, uh, USB ports, sorry, on every kiosk, um, which makes sense because you want people to be able to write up their CV or whatever and come print it in the Wins office, right? But having given that they had access to all of those files, they, as uh, Keith Ng from Public Address did, could download massive amounts uh, and just pour through it on their own time. It's not like they had to be in the WINS office looking at these files. They could do it at home if they took that information. And the fact that Keith managed to do it um, tells me that somebody else, at least, at least one other person in New Zealand, has probably taken these files um, and has them, you know, on their home computer. It's really the, the worst security incident in New Zealand that I can think of, in terms of tech anyway. 
So I get what this to me highlights is that it, if this can happen to a large government organisation, this could happen to any business or any organisation in New Zealand, couldn't it? That they they could have major security issues if they're not taking these things uh, these things seriously. For sure, I think uh, it's not exactly a scarcity. It's not as scarce as I'd like, anyway. Um, a lot of corporate. Uh, a lot of corporations and um, and I'm guessing government organisations from what we're hearing now, you know, they'll go for the low-cost solution and um, people will send, you know, the sysadmins will send reports and go, hey, this isn't, um, this isn't secure enough, this is what uh, we need to do to make it more secure, this is how much money it's going to cost, and they look at that figure and they go, no, no way. Um, and... It really, I mean, there was the RNZ thing I, uh, with their terminals that they had, um, or still have, um, they had security issues with their terminals because you could just type in a name and say you were that person and you didn't have to provide any ID. And um, and it would could, link you up to yeah, info. and you could yeah. like check your baggage for them and all that stuff. So um, essentially you could put something, you know, quite dangerous in your bag say you were someone else, not get on your flight, and so, you know, bad stuff happens. Um, and I have it on good authority that they were aware of those security issues but uh, didn't want to pay for it. But, you know, that's just a fairly common, fairly common uh, problem in IT, unfortunately. Yeah, it's certainly uh, something that I think businesses need to be aware of in terms of how their how their technologies run. One of the biggest issues I I see because um, you know one of the things that my firm uh, does is you know often our first engagement with an organisation is to go in and audit the systems and so on that they have in place. Um, usually a reasonably high level uh, degree, but you know often in those situations we just see. Uh, what I would say are issues that come from a lack of ownership around, you know, technology matters. So, uh, you know, at the top level of the business, there's, yeah, we want to have things right, but then there's nobody that takes an ultimate level of responsibility around uh, technology matters, security or otherwise. Uh, it could be backups, could be uh, security, it could be, uh, you know, all all sorts of matters that we that we see, and that's a, I mean it's a real challenge within uh, New Zealand organisations, and we've often got a lot of uh, you know small organisations where IT gets you know outsourced to somebody, but that somebody's also looking after technology for maybe another hundred organisations, so it's very hard for them to take ownership as well. Uh, so I think it's it's a fairly broad. Uh, it's a fairly broad issue that we actually have mm. here. Um, I mean, seeing that in government just highlights how hard it is to get that sort of stuff right. Uh, but there are plenty of organisations that that do get that right, and there are ways to uh, you know to have uh, somebody, whether it's a, an individual inside the organisation or whether it's a um, you know a, a, a partner uh, like my firm who you know takes a level of ownership around those those things and says look this is our responsibility we're going to really care about it and to make sure that you know there aren't there aren't issues yeah I think there's also a general lack of understanding of what the problem is um, because when you've got 
you, you can have um, people auditing and, and handing over their reports, but ultimately, if the person who receives that report doesn't understand what the problem is or just thinks, um, oh, that's okay, no one will notice, then, you know, I, I think there's a lack of, um, of, I'm struggling to find the word, but pe people uh, in the who are in business don't necessarily understand how the technology they side of things works yeah. very well, and, and the importance of those things. Yeah. And and you know, on the flip side, it's uh, you know it's really impossible to cover every security issue, right? Yeah. So you know, there's 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 no way uh, you know any organisation in New Zealand can say they're you know 100% secure. Because there are all sorts of you know security risks, whether it's individuals and within the organisation, whether it's a piece of technology, uh, you know there there are all sorts of you know ways ways to get at these systems. So uh, yeah, it's all very well having somebody take ownership or or having some responsibility, but uh, yeah, you will never mitigate every risk, will you? No, I think uh, pretty much all corporations can do is. Uh, Take advice from people who know what they're talking about and do their best to uh, to make sure that it's as secure as possible. Anyway. Yep. All right. Well, um, let's yeah let's let's hope I guess that this one uh, you know stirs up a little bit of um, interest in getting these things right in New Zealand. We've seen, obviously seen other uh, issues over the last few months and 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 years around security issues, um, and this one just adds to that list, but. Hopefully, it's enough to stir organisations up a little bit more to um, to improve their game. Now, uh, also, kind of a fun thing that uh, that happened yesterday was um, a bit of a jump from uh, well, not quite space, but the stratosphere. The stratosphere. Yeah. Um, did Did you watch some of the uh, the, the footage online of um, um, of Felix? Can you pronounce his surname? Uh, I'm not sure that I can. Um, or, or pretty much all I know off the top of my head, and I don't have the article open, unfortunately, is that it starts with B. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, my, my take on it, uh, and I probably should listen to the TV news where they always get things impeccably right, um, Felix uh, Baumgartner, um, and he jumped from uh, 37 kilometres high. Yeah, um, and when you consider that the average plane flies at about one kilometre high off the ground, that's a no, pretty 10. long way. Is it 10? 10, oh, yeah, 30,000 okay. 30, feet, so it's about 10, 10 k's up. Okay, uh, my math is bad. But, yeah, that far up, I mean, looking at the footage, you, you know, you're totally looking at the, I mean, at the. it looks like you're in space, right? You can see the, the Earth as, a, as yeah. a sphere. It's not just... And you can see, like, the the... Horizon, like uh, the you can see the atmosphere is what I'm trying to say. Mm. You can see the light and then the dark behind him. You know, it's it's kind of a mind blowing thing for me. I really um, get quite excited about space. Yeah, no, definitely. It's really it's really cool. We get these stories uh, now. Uh, some of the footage showed him just spinning completely out of control. Uh, he stuck the landing, though. It was just just <laughs> madness, right? The whole thing. It's incredible that uh, that it was able to take place. Um, certainly, a good uh, bit of publicity stunt for um, Red Bull. for Red Bull, yeah. right? Uh, to uh, to get their name on this, and they seem to be very good at, at aligning their brand with um, with all sorts of cool extreme uh, adventures. And this sort of uh, probably has got to be at the top of the list, right? It's, 
I'm sure they were all just crossing their fingers, hoping that it would work out and nothing disastrous would happen. But it did make me think about the fact that um, when we, as we start uh, venturing more and more into space and doing more cool things, uh, it's all going to be corporate sponsored. And that was really quite a weird um, realisation. But I think that's actually where space technology is going to have to go now. Well, we're moving from these government-funded, uh, you know, things that we've had in the past with NASA and so on, where, yeah, there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's there's a, a a lot of opportunity for businesses to actually profit from uh, from a direct involvement. So they're they're jumping, Even jumping on here. in, right? Yeah, Vodafone here doing their um, competition with the Galaxy S3 that they did. I don't know who won that actually. Um, I should have a look into it, but they gave away a trip to. Uh, space. It was like it, it was a. It wasn't quite space again. I think it was another um, edge of space. Yeah, about a hundred kind of k's thing. up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But it, it is cool. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's just another example of how um, space is actually going to become more of a commercial venture than a than a government funded one, as it has been in the past. Yep, uh, definitely cool stuff. And uh, yeah, I guess this is certainly a story that's sort of on the edge of um, between uh, geekdom and superstar <laughs> sportsman sort of uh, thing. But uh, yeah, this footage wouldn't be too far out of place in a, uh, on a sci-fi or a Superman movie. So um, yeah, really worth having a look on YouTube if you haven't. Uh, and the other thing they got was they, they broke some records with YouTube, didn't they? I think they had about 8 million uh, it was eight million simultaneous views, but it, yeah, it was it was crazy numbers. So, yeah. um, um, watching the live stream. So, I, yeah. I, I guess it's not simultaneous, but um, during the during the live stream, there were that many users. Eight million views, right? It. Yeah, across while it was streaming live, which is awesome. And it's it's great to see the way that 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 technology is now able to scale. I mean, that sort of thing would have been unheard of. You know, in years gone by, but um, now you know these systems are just uh, are just geared up for it and and handle it with probably a bit of drama behind the scenes. <laughs> but uh, but you know, I didn't notice it when I uh, when I jumped in and watched some of it. So it was uh, yeah, it was pretty. cool. I thought you were going to tell me that you jumped. No, no, no. People have told me to in the past um, to go jump, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, not. Um, I wouldn't jump from that height, uh, probably. I wouldn't no. know how to get There's a reason they call him Fearless Felix. Yes, yes. Uh, but, yeah, pretty cool story. So what we'll do is we'll try and include um, that, uh, that YouTube, uh, YouTube link uh, in, the, um, in the podcast. So if you jump up to uh, nztechpodcast.com, along with the show details, we'll, uh, we'll have that video because it's, um, it's really cool. Yeah, or we'll have one of the videos. There's there's, there's, there's also quite a, a headcam video that I really liked, so you should put that one up. Yep. Um, now moving uh, moving on to uh, to gadgets. So those are kind of all the big um, the big top stories. But now if we look at some of the devices that are coming through, some of this stuff's pretty cool. Uh, so we're going to split this up. We've got some uh, tablet news, smartphone news, and uh, and and computer uh, sort of snippets. So. Uh, first up, all-in-one PCs. We're starting to hear a lot of buzz around um, these new uh, computers that are that are, I guess, a, a TV like a TV screen, but with computer built in. These sort of things have been around for you know for a long time, and of course, uh, the iMac is a you know is an example of one of those all-in-one uh, computers. 
Uh, but with Windows 8, we're seeing these now coming through with, uh, with touch screens. And one of the ones that we had hands-on with uh, over the weekend, and you'll see this in the video we put online, uh, is the Samsung Series 7 all-in-one. Now, this is a really cool-looking machine. Uh, it looks like sort of the top-of-the-line uh, Samsung TV uh, in terms of its format, uh, but it's a Windows 8 PC. Uh, I think they're going to come with Intel uh, Core i3 or i5 uh, processors, and uh, they have a Blu-ray player, and they've got HDMI in and out. So, uh, you know, you could hook in a, a Sky decoder or any sort of set-top box, Freeview, whatever you want to hook into that as well. Uh, and you've got the HDMI out if you wanted to hook into another, um, you know, TV or something. Um, really, really nice. Um, what's Have you sort of had a look at, at um, some of the stuff coming through on these new Windows 8 um, all-in-one all in products? Yeah, I think actually the key thing for the Windows 8 ones is that they have a uh, 10-point multi-touch, um, which is basically you can use all of your fingers at once on the touch screen, and um, some of the gestures in Windows 8 require you to use all, all of your fingers if you want to be able to use it, um, use gestures for just about everything, um, which you can pretty much do. It's quite impressive. Um, so I think that's actually the key thing for all-in-one PCs. I mean, yes, they have to have the power um, backing them up and they have to uh, look, you know, they have to look great because uh, Windows 8's design is very nice and pretty and clean. Mm. Um, but the major thing, uh, I think, from a usability perspective is making sure that uh, people can use their hands um, in the way that Microsoft intended them to on those all-in-ones. Yeah, the interesting, uh, you know, area for these has been uh, the, the use in a sort of kitchen environment because, uh, you know, there are different places where people have had computers in the past and, I, you know, I've had a touch screen on my desk before and haven't used it a lot, uh, although, yeah, these new devices look really nice and actually would be quite nice to have, you know, have on your desk. But uh, if you look at the video, we, we, we put it in that kitchen environment, we took the keyboard away uh, with it, you know, potentially being that sort of little entertainment device, you could, you know, watch stuff on, uh, but maybe bring up recipes and that and that sort of stuff. Uh, and in the past, there have been devices that sort of suit that, but I think these new touchscreens with Windows 8 are, are, you know, really much closer to the mark in terms of what might be useful for, you know, those who have got, you know, everything in their house and they're just looking for where else can I put something cool that uh, could be quite a good fit. I think uh, definitely once they get voice control into that kind of thing as well, because, um, you know, if I'm cooking chicken and my hands are covered in chicken juice, I don't exactly, I, you know, I need to go wash my hands before I use the touch screen or, or, or a keyboard, but I'd really like to be able to say, okay, video pause um, or, uh, you know, or play or scroll down or something like Next that. Next page of the recipe, yeah, whatever exactly. it is. Yeah, exactly, um, so that I can continue on with what I was doing without having to go and wash my hands and then go back and then um, cook it, start cooking again and then go wash my hands and, you know. Yeah, it, well, I it guess with a good glass screen that would be less of less of an issue. But As long as you can clean it. As yeah. long as you can clean it up afterwards. Um, but, um, yeah, it was certainly fun having a play with the Samsung all-in-one. Uh, and we've seen products coming through from, from HP and, um, well, most of the manufacturers actually have, have got stuff coming through in that space. So, 
yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see um, and, and hear from any of you that uh, dis- decide to uh, go ahead and get one of uh, one of these. Um, I've played around with having um, having you know this sort of device in the kitchen before, and it hasn't kind of really been ready uh, just yet. So um, yeah, I'll be I'll be curious uh, who jumps in with these and uh, and what they think of them. Now uh, tablets, so iPad Mini. We've been hearing about this for a while. We've talked about the iPad Mini on 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 the NZ Tech Podcast a few times in the past, mm. uh, and there's been really a bit of a debate whether whether such a thing will ever eventuate. Now, I've always been leaning on the side that wow, with all the rumours and bits and pieces we're hearing, yeah, look, you know, I think there's a pretty good chance this is going to come out. Uh, quite a few uh, of the guests have said no, we don't think that that's an Apple thing; that they would never do that. What's uh, what's your take on this, uh, Siobhan, as the noise gets a little bit louder around an iPad mini launch coming soon? Well, I'm here to back you up. Um, I think that, it, I mean, I'm not saying that it's 100% um, going to happen, but I think that it's looking pretty likely now because they've had some more concrete leaks come out of um, come out of Apple recently and out of Foxconn, really. Um, and since... We've seen now, I mean, with the iPhone 4S, there were a lot of rumours about it being an iPhone 5, about it being a teardrop shape. There were, like, mock-ups and all kinds, and fakes and all kinds of stuff there. And then we, you know, then the iPhone 4S came out and everyone just went, oh, (laughs) that's not what I was expecting. But then with the iPhone, the actual iPhone 5, we knew about every single component just about before it actually came out and we knew the shape and what the front was going to look like and what the back was going to look like and all of that stuff. So I think um, the leaks are coming out uh, a lot uh, faster and a lot and a lot more of them right now and um, I wouldn't be surprised if the iPad mini was a thing, especially since uh, I saw Mac rumors the other day posted pictures of a supposed battery from the iPad Mini, which is right. So there's enough info. You think it's uh, it's it's like an ear here because I think the last uh, the last rumor that we discussed about on the podcast was a supposed October the thirteenth launch date. Mm. Now we're and then uh, it was seventeenth. We're, we're past that. Now and, it's on the twenty third. Uh, so yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what actu- what actually happens uh, here in this in this space. Uh, yeah, it does seem more likely than than not, uh, but I, yeah, I'm not sure it's a yeah, it's not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent convinced just yet, but I'm still leaning definitely on the side that this thing's this thing's pretty likely. My boss uh, Zara, for for the record, my boss Zara is convinced that it's not happening. So we've had uh, kind of regular talks about it in the office. Yeah, I think but... she might have been in one of the discussions <laughs> that we had had here on the podcast about it. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Let, let, let's watch and watch and wait on that one. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it just. Yeah, I don't think it's concrete enough to say. Yeah, I'm absolutely convinced that it's uh, that that it that it's coming. Uh, I mean, the timing is interesting for all of this noise because we're getting very close to our next topic, which is Windows 8 and Windows RT tablets. And yeah, it would it would in many ways seem like sort of a smart timing for uh, Apple to come in and maybe steal a little bit of thunder off Microsoft by launching something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a few days ahead of uh, of all these announcements from uh, Microsoft and and their many uh, partners around products. But you know, whether uh, yeah, how much attention you know each w- would get in comparison. Um, 
yeah, the, this will be a very interesting thing to watch over the next couple of weeks, I suppose. Yeah, I, especially since um, I think they're trying to. I, I think if that's if the timing is correct and the iPad Mini is announced on the twenty third, um, I think that's really interesting because the Microsoft will have the Surface. And the Surface is aimed at the kind of, uh, or at least the RT, uh, Windows RT version is aimed at the iPad 3. So then they're going, okay, but we have this cheaper offering, which I find kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, and that, and that's where, yeah, it would certainly stir up some attention uh, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it were to come out in, the, in these next, uh, next few weeks. So yeah, looking at uh, at Windows 8. So we've really got we've we've got not just Windows 8 coming out uh, on the 26th of October, uh, but Microsoft are also launching uh, Windows RT, we believe, um, or you know we're we're clear on that's launching at exactly the same time. Now Windows RT, I mean the naming it's a bit strange and confusing, isn't it? Really, because Windows RT actually is Windows 8. It's just running on on uh, uh, the ARM uh, systems or the ARM tablets primarily. Uh, you know, it's the same uh, technology that's, that's inside most of the Android, well, yeah, really all of the Android tablets and inside the, uh, the iPad. Uh, it just has a limitation that it can't run the traditional desktop apps that we're used to. But uh, in every other regard, as far as we're aware, uh, it's pretty much Windows 8, isn't it? I think so. I think it's just uh, Windows 8, but it's less of a memory hog, basically. Yeah, I don't know about the memory. That's an interesting one. But, uh, yeah, I guess they had to differentiate that that different, cap- that different capability that it can't run that it can't run every app that's maybe... I mean, there'll be apps that are certified for Windows 8, but aren't the new style apps. So you have to make it very clear that these uh, you know, Windows RT systems aren't going to run those apps, right? So I guess that's why it's important that they give it a different name and you can't, well, yeah, they had, they had to do differentiate it in some way. I think from a usability perspective, it's also, I mean, I, I'm guessing in the past you've used uh, tablets with Windows 7 installed and discovered how difficult those are to use. Um, so I guess... Uh, what they're trying to do is make sure that you never have to deal with that side of things uh, if you have a tablet, for a Windows RT tablet. Except that window, the Windows RT tablets do still come with access to the desktop and that built-in copy of Microsoft Office, the sort of home and student uh, version. So you've got Word, Excel, uh, PowerPoint and... Uh, uh, is one note in there as well? Uh, yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah, but so, they've made those more uh, like easier to navigate through and stuff, haven't they? For Windows RT. Yep, they've improved it. A, well, for any touch screen, they've they've improved them a little bit, uh, but they're not as touch friendly, certainly as the uh, uh, the Metro or the new Windows Eight um, uh, Store applications. So, uh, yeah, I I mean, I had a good play over the weekend and um, someone someone or a couple of people sort of mentioned to me, oh, you're very uh, lucky to have hands-on with Windows RT because, you know, generally it hasn't been that broadly available, but managed to have a good uh, look around. And this is on the video that we've, we've put online. Uh, we've looked at uh, three of Samsung's products that all in one PC we mentioned just uh, earlier, uh, but also uh, their Windows RT tablet that's uh, being called the um, Samsung Ative uh, Note. Have I got yeah. that right? I, yeah, I think Ative, so. Although we called it a Tiv on the on the video <laughs> because uh, Samsung called it that in some of their initial stuff, but now they're telling us it's uh, Ative. 
so there was that one, and then there was the um, Samsung Ative uh, PC Pro, which is their their hybrid uh, tablet slash uh, laptop, which bears some similarities to uh, HP's NVX2 that we looked at on our on our previous uh, video and that we discussed on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that's quite an interesting form factor. The uh, the the uh, tablet that sort of snaps into a keyboard and effectively just converts into a into a laptop. Is that something you think that's going to gain a fair uh, degree of uh, popularity, or or is there still need to be a bit more maturity uh, with the technology for that to really take off? Uh, I think it kind of already exists. Um, it's just that it, the keyboard is currently sold separately and operates via Bluetooth. Um, I mean, you can get uh, Logitech sells keyboard cases uh, that you can put your iPad in. I think they've got one for the Galaxy Tab as well, the the Galaxy Tab 10.1. But they don't have that, like I'm using my laptop, you know, now you're you're using, um, you know, the tablet and I'm using the laptop because, you know, of the functionality of this, you know, having the keyboard the screen attached to it, being able to sort of adjust the angle, the fact that the the the, the keyboard just sort of sits on my lap, um, that works really, really well, whereas, uh, you know, some of those keyboard docks aren't quite as no. stable and solid and good at balancing and so on, whereas these new hybrid devices seem to be, you know, take, really taking the best of, of both worlds. Yeah, I, I think they're definitely taking that into account with their design, uh, which obviously... Uh, with the cases and uh, the tablets, they haven't really uh, they haven't really done that because they're not really concerned with each other. If that makes sense, mm. like Logitech, um, I, I, Logitech is probably more concerned with uh, getting the balance right and stuff like that. But um, you know, Apple isn't really concerned with what Logitech does in terms of making a keyboard for them. So they're not taking into account how it's going to be when someone puts attaches it to a keyboard later on they just want it to be easy to use you know when it's flat in your lap yeah and i, I guess to a degree apple have sort of poo-pooed that concept of uh, of a hybrid device that will mm. be uh, both a laptop and a and a and a tablet now interestingly microsoft's uh, surface which is there uh, initially the surface for windows rt is coming out uh, certainly in the u.s and, and potentially in some other markets on the 26th of october um that one isn't you know, doesn't deliver the laptop sort of feature set in the same way as what we've seen from Samsung and 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 HP and others. Uh, it's got you know really the smart cover that folds out and becomes a keyboard. Do you think they will also end up with a with a dock so you can use it like a laptop, or are they really wanting to differentiate and make their product quite different to everything else in the market? Um, I think it'll depend on how usable the current keyboard is uh i think if the smart cover keyboard um i shouldn't call it a smart cover because that's an apple term <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> but um if that keyboard works really well then um i don't think there'll be a whole lot of demand for um people to manufacture e- extra keyboards for the surface um if it doesn't work really well for whatever reason um then i think Possibly a market like that could definitely yeah because it, it looks like it will work quite well when it's on a on a solid surface like a desk, but you know um, having it just just on your lap uh, you know it's not so clear whether that will actually work brilliantly in that sort of situation. Yeah, I mean it's got a stand on the back of the surface, but uh, it's pretty 
it's a pretty narrow stand, really. You're not going to be able to rest it on your leg and have on your it, knee. Yeah, yeah, have it supported uh, properly. You'll probably drop your very expensive tablet. So, mm. all right. Well, we'll be trying all of that out once we get hands on. Unfortunately, uh, Microsoft have been very um, uh, well. They've been keeping the uh, the Surface products very very close to them, and uh, we ha- we haven't had any hands on or or seen one. In fact, very few people have really around the world. Right. This is. Uh, this is you know, quite incredible in terms of uh, product releases, in terms of how locked down this is, right? Yeah, uh, I think from what I've read, um, Steve Barmer has said uh, that it's only going to be launched in the US on the 26th of October and everyone else is going to have to wait and we don't know how long. 26th of October, the Surface will launch in the US. Uh, we'll certainly be getting hands-on as, as soon as we can, but we, you know, we, don't, we don't know exactly Could when. Could be a while. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wait on and see on that, but we'll, we'll certainly report back here on the podcast and no doubt there'll be plenty of uh, online coverage from, uh, from those that with their... Uh, with their hands on as well, uh, so yeah, so lots really happening in that tablet space. Uh, and ag- again, go and have a look at the video at nztechpodcast.com because we have had a, you know a good play around with those. And yeah, my I guess my impression of um, Samsung's uh, devices, although they're uh, they're not the 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 sort of uh, steel feel of say the Surface or the HP product, is they really did have quite a nice feel about them. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to us having all of these options in the market, and being able to go out and and uh, and choose this new type of device that we just you know we haven't really had before. Other you know other than the tablets you talked about, like the iPad, where you can get some sort of dock, but uh, you know it's still a device that's not designed to be both a tablet and a laptop in terms yeah. of the full functionality. Uh, and you know similar on the on the Android um, side as well. So uh, yeah, I. I I'm I'm still in the undecided camp in terms of what what will be really nice to work with because uh, I think we're probably still 12 months out from when, uh, for instance, the uh, you know the higher end processors come down to a really nice sort of small and light form factor. So at the moment, the uh, you know the nicest devices are the uh, uh, those running on the Intel Atom processor. Uh, and those running on the ARM processor, but if you need that extra grunt, you've actually got to have a bigger and heavier uh, tablet, you know, about 50% or so heavier. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think there, there may be some compromise required, and, yeah, I'm not sure yet, you know, how many devices I'll work on. I think the hope was that you'll be able to ditch your laptop and have one of these that will actually do both, uh, but it... Yeah, it may not actually be that way for uh, for a lot of people initially, but um, we'll, we're going to try these things out anyway, and um, I'm sure lots of people will be jumping in and trying something. Yeah, uh, for sure. Now, Judge, there were some figures that came out last week where Microsoft were talking about some crazy uh, estimated uh, sales numbers for Windows and the sort of 400 million units in the nine-month period. Now, to me, the only way those figures would be at all possible is if a lot of people go out and buy, you know, these new devices, tablets, etc. In addition to still buying an, a, a traditional laptop or a traditional PC, uh, is that what you think that those numbers uh, signify? That Microsoft really are expecting to sell, um, you know, a lot more units of Windows and and move from uh, people buying, say, an iPad and a PC or an iPad and a laptop to buying a a, a Windows tablet and a laptop or a PC. 
Uh, I find that these projected sales figures that technology companies release are generally well, pretty much universally wrong um, and, and an overstatement. You know, it's for um, investors pretty much. So Well, they've got to be careful, don't they, with investors yes. to state figures that they don't, you know, they don't heavily believe in? Yeah, that's true. But I think they do like to plump up a little bit, you know, so that uh, people are more likely to uh, want to keep their money in Microsoft. But... Um, yeah, I, I don't see $400 million happening. Uh, I think that it would require a lot of people who are currently running Windows 7 to upgrade. Um, and, I mean, you can do that relatively cheaply um, compared to buying the operating system outright, especially if you bought a Windows PC recently. So um, there might be quite a few people who want to yeah, do that. Yeah, so it might be uh, out of that 400 million, a lot of those might be upgrades, yeah? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, that, that makes some sense. So it might not actually be new um, new systems at all. But I think a lot of people are quite hesitant to do that um, right away. But I guess since they're projecting it over nine months, you know, maybe towards, um, maybe once Mid Windows 8 year. has been out a few months, people will go, okay, well, it's not so bad. Or maybe they'll go, no, I don't want to do that. No, yeah. No. Okay, okay. Uh, now, diving into uh, smartphones, yeah, yeah, there's a, always a whole lot going in, in the, in the mo- going on in the mobile uh, space. Um, of, of course, uh, people are now starting to get their iPhone 5s uh, that they've ordered, although I think uh, most people that have done an outright purchase um, from Apple's website are still, uh, still waiting, as far as I'm aware. In fact, I'm not sure if anyone's got those yet from the outright purchases. Um, I Made I know one person who has gotten his from an outright purchase off, yeah, off the Apple yeah. Store. Okay, yep. So so yep. So there's obviously a few rolling out there, uh, but still the bulk of people wanting to get their hands on it have to sign up for a new contract if you just want to get one uh, quick smart from uh, from Vodafone or Telecom. Uh, now uh, in the Android space, we've had the HTC Desire X uh, just come out in the. Um, uh, in the last week or so, uh, that's an interesting um, option. It's it's a, I guess a step down from the HTC One X, which has been you know HTC's kind of uh, uh, you know their their hero device or their big uh, you know the one that they've they've garnered a lot of attention for. Um, you've had a little bit of a look at the specs on that. It's um it's not a, a huge step down, is it? Still quite a powerful uh, smartphone for for the money coming in at five nine nine. Yeah, I think. Um Basically, it's got the same specs as I would have expected to see at the high, high end of devices a year ago. Mm. Um, so it's got a uh, one gigahertz dual core processor, and I think the One X has uh, a, a quad core, and I think it's a little maybe one point two or something. Um, so that basically means that uh, multitasking is better on the One X. But in terms of actual uh, user experience, the difference between uh, quad-core and dual-core processor is not a lot. So um, I think it it could be quite a nice device, especially since um, it looks like from uh, pictures I've seen, I haven't gotten my hands on one yet, that it actually has quite a similar build to the One X. So given that the One X is quite well built and nice it could be quite a good phone yeah it's um yeah so it's got a four point uh, a four inch screen um so you know well it's still the same size screen as we're seeing in the iphone um in the iphone 5 but but coming in at well not quite half the price but heading in that direction uh yeah pretty uh 
uh, pretty powerful. It is a lower res screen. I think it's uh, 800 by uh, 4, 480, uh, but still, um, you know, a, a nice screen overall. So, yeah, definitely something worth looking at if you're uh, if you're interested in a sort of more mid mid midish range or you know um, not quite so high end uh, Android uh, Android handset. Um, I think that one's just on Vodafone at the moment, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see that come across. Um, uh, onto uh, onto telecom as well. Uh, now also uh, in the in the um, I guess that sort of step down uh, area is Galaxy the Galaxy S3, which was really the you know the direct competitor with with HTC's One X and certainly outselling it by a pretty big margin uh, globally. Uh, Samsung are doing something similar with a um, Galaxy S3 uh, Mini. Now the surprising thing there is though that um, that that's still a way off until we see it in New Zealand. From what we hear, um, uh, you know, it could be early into the new year that we actually see that. So um, uh, HTC have sort of stolen a bit of a march on them there by uh, getting their one out the door already, right? Yeah, um, I think it's interesting because Samsung has been for the past couple of years fairly prompt to release their devices. Um, after the US, or in some cases before the US. So it is a bit strange, um, but I'm pretty sure that Samsung is just trying to focus on, uh, not just in the smartphone space, but in New Zealand in general, on the Windows side of things. Um, So you were telling me earlier they've got uh, a couple of Windows Phone 8 phones coming out shortly. Yeah, what we're hearing is that uh, we're going to see, uh, and a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a change in the market locally. We're going to see a number of manufacturers uh, launching into the market fairly soon after Windows Phone 8 is announced uh, with handsets. So, uh, you know, we we know that uh, Samsung have their. Uh, 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 Samsung Ative S uh, in the country at the moment, uh, so that's likely to be um, you know fairly close to the forefront of uh, Windows uh, Phone 8 uh, releases here. Um, you know, my pick is we'll probably see that in the November timeframe, but certainly uh, you know November or December we're going to see a number of devices. And uh, yeah, we've obviously got Samsung, uh, Nokia, who have been you know. Uh, winning quite a bit of market share here in New Zealand in the smartphone uh, or in that win- Windows phone uh, space uh, with the uh, with the Lumia 800, uh, and so their new phones, the 820 and 920, uh, are products that people are pretty keen to get their hands on. Uh, and but there's a number of under- others uh, such as HTC uh, who are likely to be bringing uh, you know or having their uh, product launched into the market. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, those that are interested in the Windows Phone side uh, will uh, will likely be reasonably pleased with the uh, with the offerings available here. And and I think this time around we're not going to be months and months behind the rest of the world, uh, which sometimes we have been in some of the other releases. Which is is some I think it's somewhat frustrating if you're a technology enthusiast to see a product launch in another country uh, and then you've got to wait three months or six months for it to launch locally uh, you know it's a little bit like seeing your you know favorite tv program come out somewhere else and you can't get it that. here although there are some uh there are obviously some tricks you can do to get hold of that <laughs> fairly quickly well it's the same with the phones isn't i guess it? it is you can do the parallel imports and 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 the like uh but there, yeah, there's always a downside to that stuff so uh you know it, it's uh it, it's 
it's good to um, good to see that we, we hopefully we won't be too far behind uh, on on these releases. Uh, that said, we've got no, nothing sort of official. That, you know, haven't been any announcements out, but the um, the sort of the buzz that we're hearing sort of behind the scenes is that uh, uh, those products won't be too far off, which is uh, which is good. Good news. Yeah, I think it means we're going to have lots of uh, fun new uh, fun new gadgets really le- leading up to uh, leading up to Christmas available uh, locally. I'm definitely looking forward to that, uh, getting my hands on that Lumia 920 and giving it a try. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool one uh, because it, it sort of slots in right at the top, doesn't it, in terms of specs. When we look at all the phones that are available in the market today, uh, Nokia have, have sort of outdone most of them in terms of uh, specifications. Uh, so, you know, it's really, I guess it's their, it's their game to lose as far as having the, uh, uh, you know, the absolutely top spec phone. Uh, it's up to them to, um, yeah, to really deliver a great outcome. And, and I guess they're, you know, reliant to a big degree on what, um, what Windows Phone, phone 8 ends up, uh, you know, being from a, from a software perspective, right? Definitely. I mean, um, if you let, let's take the iPhone 5 as an example here. Um, the iPhone 5 hardware was actually uh, very good and uh, quite an improvement on um, some of the hardware that they've released in the past. But certainly tougher, isn't it? Like, yeah. Not not so um, um, you know likely to get smashed with a with a drop. Certainly from the videos that we've we've seen to date. Anyway. Yeah, uh, but the software was kind of where the iPhone 5 got let down because of iOS 6's, um, uh, the new operating systems, their map program, uh, their map application, I should call it. Uh, that was a little bit old school of me. Um, their mapping system is just, uh, it's not good. Um, they're, they're quietly improving it, but, I mean, it's so bad that they've apologised for it. So there's that, and, you know, there are a couple of little other niggly things with the software. Um which have kind of let it down a little bit. So uh, it's kind of lots of um, good features in there, though, too, right? It's yeah, not not for sure. a it's not a complete failure. I think you know there are, there are a few areas which are uh, you know one or two areas that are a disappointment. But uh, you know across the board, it's uh, I think for those that have been using iPhone and enjoy the iOS platform, uh, yeah. It's, it's generally, generally something people are going to be pretty happy to use, right? Yeah, I mean... Uh, and the iPhone 5 users I've talked to have been yeah, pretty pleased with their, uh, with their upgrades, I've got to say. It was, it was the same as ever with an Apple launch where um, there was a lot of hate and then pre-orders went through the roof and, you know, all of this stuff. Um, but I do think that Nokia will have a harder time... Um, do it, pulling off pulling off that kind of trick because um, they've got yeah they're relying on Windows Phone 8 being good um, and I just think that uh, since Apple has kind of got this whole hype status thing behind it that Nokia doesn't have so strongly um, then you know they're going to have to work a little bit harder to make sure everything is perfect. Yeah, well, I think they're going to be working pretty hard. I, yeah. I, you know, because it's a little bit make or break for uh, for Nokia, isn't it? I mean, they're uh, you know they've they've struggled a bit over the last couple of years uh, or a lot, and uh, you know this is uh, this is a launch where they will really be throwing the whole business behind uh, uh, making these new products a, a a big success. And you know we're we're hearing that uh, you know price wise it's going to be up there in the direction of. Uh, um, you know, iPhone five type uh, type pricing. They're they're top of the line models um, within the region. Uh, so yeah, they they're going to be really, I think, having to put a lot of uh, you know promotion and and so on behind uh, behind these devices to sort of win some market share. But they, the 
the info we've got so far makes them uh, look as though they'll stand up pretty well. Yeah, uh, everything I've seen so far makes it makes the 920 especially look great. So. Yep. Now, one other smartphone, uh, and again, we haven't had any local info on this, is the um, HTC One X Plus. So uh, this is the, um, you know, we talked about the, the HTC uh, One X earlier and also, um, you know, the, the new um, uh, HTC Desire X, the lower-end one. So the One X Plus is the one that um, takes the One X just to that sort of next level, gives it a bit more battery and, uh, you know, makes it compete just a, a bit uh, a bit better uh, with, for instance, a Samsung Galaxy uh, S3. But we still haven't had any confirmation on a New Zealand launch. So um, we'll keep a little bit of a watch on, uh, on that one because I'm sure Android fans will be really interested. Uh, and the other thing to point out is we are still uh, waiting uh, formal confirmation uh, from both um, HTC and from Samsung um, on the Jelly Bean updates for um, for those for those two devices for the uh, uh, from Samsung the Galaxy S3 and from HTC the uh, the One X. Uh, but we're told they're not you know certainly not too far off on the uh, the Samsung uh, side. They've uh, like HTC that started rolling out in other markets. And it could be here um, as soon as early November. So, um, yeah, not, not too far off to wait. So. Fingers crossed. Yep. All right, well, that's us. That really wraps up um, the New Zealand Tech Podcast this week. Uh, now, uh, Siobhan, how do, we find you, uh, how do we find you online? What's your Twitter handle? Um, it's difficult to spell. Um, my well, we'll, put the, we'll put the link up on, uh, on the nztechpodcast.com. Yeah. It's um, Siobhan Keogh NZ. Um, believe it or not, there was another Siobhan Keogh on Twitter who stole my pl- name plain. How rude. Um, I know. Terrible. Um, probably an Irish person. Um, and you can find me on, uh, well, obviously pcworld.co.nz um, is PC World's um, online place. And we've also got, um, we've even got a Pinterest feed now that we're trying to get going um, that you can follow, which is NZ PC World, um, where I'm basically going online and posting stuff that I think is a bit sexy and uh, or that we're really looking forward to reviewing or that we are reviewing um, so people can have a look. Are you talking sexy from a technology perspective yes, or, or are yes. there some... Um, uh, there are no booth babes. Okay. <laughs> but, just, yeah. just Just checking in there. Okay, cool. All right, well, um, we'll, we'll look out for those things uh, online and, and as I said, that'll be up on uh, on the nztechpodcast.com website. Um, you can also find uh, NZ Tech Podcast uh, on uh, Twitter and on, uh, and on Facebook. Uh, and you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Paul Spain, uh, also on uh, on Facebook and uh, and Google Plus, which is actually starting to uh, starting to attract a bit of an, uh, a, a genuine audience. I I've, haven't I've, looked at I've, mine. I've noticed. Ages. Uh, so um, yeah, so that's quite interesting. There's, there's a bit of uh, bit of action happening on uh, Google uh, Google Plus, which I, I recall being at various conferences over the last uh, year, and and people always laughing whenever it got a mention. But um, actually, they're uh, they're Getting uh, getting a bit of a following, so uh, um, yeah, interesting to see a bit more competition in the social media space. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I, I mean, it might be a bit of a niche thing, but I I think it's been enough time now that we can safely say that it's not going to be Facebook. It's not. It's uh, it's different. Yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. We'll have a discussion on that another time. Hey, thanks everyone for listening in uh, to the NZ Tech Podcast this week, and uh, we look forward to catching you all uh, next week. And I uh, hope you enjoy watching our uh, uh, our new videos online. See ya. See ya.